Do you like to eat, like, every day? Do you like to travel for special occasions, food festivals, music festivals, or just save some serious coin on your next vacation? Well, then you have found the right show. A Fork on the Road comes to you every week loaded with celebrities who travel for a living. Actors, musicians, chefs. With me, Mark DiCarlo from the Travel Channel and the James Beard Award-winning foodie, Jennifer English. Connect with me on Instagram at TV and on Twitter at MarkDiCarlo. Listen to the show everywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe at fbpodcasts.com. Yeah, 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 baby. This is a fork on the road. I'm Mark DiCarlo. She's Jennifer English. And we're about to meet a man who subsisted on a diet of nothing but beer for the holy period of Lent. Our friend Anne is in the house and she's here. She is not here. She's she's here, but she's not here. She is on the road. And at present, she is in the Midwest on a tour doing extraordinary. Do you know that they're called galleries that when you are somebody who is a practitioner of the metaphysical arts um, and you do live events, they're called galleries? I did not know that. Ga- like psychic galleries? Yes. Isn't that I cool? I didn't know that. So uh, we're going to welcome her. And um, she has agreed, you've agreed, that we're going to look at what kind of summer we're going to have here on A Fork on the Road. Anne, welcome back. We've missed you. How are you? Good. Thank you, Jen. We've, Doing good. We've missed having Hi, you. Hi, Mark. How are you? Uh, you tell me. I'm feeling pretty Hi. good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dump the psychic, huh? Okay. <laughs> hey, Anne, I have a question. When you do your galleries, this is language that's new to a lot of people. And this summer, I know you're going to be touring and you'll be doing a lot of events. I didn't realize that an event that you would do is called a gallery. Where does that come from? What's that tradition, and what does it refer to? Do you know? Um, to be honest, you know, I just stumbled on the term myself, really, to be honest. But what it is is basically is um, it's a, you know, just a room full of people, uh, an audience, basically. And, um, and I just kind of stand up in front and walk, or I walk, typically I walk around the room, um, and I give readings to people who, who you know, with spirits that come through. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. Uh, when you do an event like that, does it happen right away that you start getting messages for who's ever yes. in the room? Yes. Yeah. Um, what happens with me to describe it, um, and it's funny, I was just describing it to somebody yesterday, um, is I get uh, a feeling of what, you could, what most people would call anxiety. I fill up with this energy. And it kind of fills up my chest, and and um, and that's when I know I have spirit energy around me that needs to want and wants to communicate. And sometimes I can actually see the person. They they you know depending upon the energy that they have, um, and the strength and the powers that they have to draw on, they um, they can either make themselves completely visible to me, or they just communicate through just talking with words in my head, or. Pop, you know, or I see words, or they show me symbols and and signs and things, or they make me feel things. I feel sensations, like they'll make me. Um, if they had something, you know, wrong with the chest, what I would do is uh, they they might make me feel something in my chest, like oh, ow, you know, my, make my chest hurt um, or my lungs hurt, um, or if they had something, you know, something wrong with their hips or whatever, it's, uh, whatever physical thing was going wrong with them that they mm-hmm. want me to portray. 
as a, as a sign or symbol of who they are, or what they went through. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Um, I had a person who actually brought through the fact that he made me taste coffee and then he made me taste cinnamon donuts. And, and so, and, and then he, but then he also made me feel as if I was sitting at the table reading a paper and sure enough, it happened to be this one woman's husband who, where they actually would drink coffee and eat the donuts that they had freshly made themselves. And that was like a little tradition that they had. And he would do that every morning, um, have his coffee and donuts with, and cinnamon donuts only That's so uh, cool. while reading his paper. Yeah. And so she, I mean, and then it's not like, it's not like I said, oh yeah, I got this guy who, you know, is reading his newspaper every day. It was these specific, this specific thing. And it had to be specifically cinnamon, cinnamon sugar donuts. And so that's how she was just like, oh, my gosh, you just totally described them. And nobody else in the room was, you know, having that. So so you, you do know through that kind of stuff that this is – you can be kind of quite accurate with what's coming through. Wow. Hey, Mark. And I, and I use these, I use these um, you know, abilities, Jen, because they help people. They yeah. heal people. Yeah. And that's what I do this for. I don't do it for a joke. I don't do it to, you know it's, – it's my abilities are to help heal people. Right. And mm-hmm. when you come and visit with us, and and Mark, I know you know summer's a busy time for everybody. We get a chance to make our summer vacation plans. You know, when's mm-hmm. a good time to go? You know, where are we going to go? That that kind of thing. That's that's not really what we're talking about here so much as you know, should I go to the mountains or should I go to the ocean? I mean, that could be a yes no question like that. Which one would you choose? But more importantly, you know, I think all of us want to know the kinds of things that are near and dear to us and important to us and important to who we really are. Now, the reason that Mark and I are such good friends is we, Anne, I don't know if you know this, we share the same birthday. Oh, wow. So, so Mark, where are we going to spend our birthday this year? I know where I'm spending my birthday, and it's someplace I've never been before. Okay. Where's that? You want me to tell you, or do we want to do a reading? Oh, well, it's not, it's not like that. It's not... Um, yeah, no, you tell me, because I'm really... Oh, I'm going you, to be... Unless you don't want me I, to show up. <laughs> no. Well, you can come if you want. We're going to be in... Um, I will be in London on that day. Oh, nice. Then we're going to Paris. Then we're going to Tuscany. Then we're going to Greece. Man, that is wow. amazing. That yeah. sounds amazing. That's yes. a good right. vacation, brother. It is. So I've been I've been doing all the booking for all this European travel. And uh, later in the show, we can talk about the specifics of that. It's a it's a minefield unless you have unlimited resources. There's so many tricks uh, that you need to know to save yourself money and get the best flights and the best hotels and things like that. But uh, it's a good time to be in Europe. It's a little crowded. I've never been there in the summer. But uh, the opportunity came up, and we had a jump on it. Now, is this the kind of trip you take every year? Do you take a big summer trip, or is this like a trip of a lifetime kind of trip? I'm more partial to road trips here in America for the summer. You know, I like putting the top down in the car and just going somewhere I've never been before. Uh, we were in uh, Italy and Spain last September, and now we're going to go. Never been to London, never been to Paris, uh, and that we're also going to Greece. And I've never been to the particular place we're going in Greece before. Nice. So uh, it's I, I would say borderline trip of a lifetime. That's awesome. For a trip of I a li- have a question for you, Mark, though, with your yes. trip, though. Um, are you, like, following or are you going to be visiting um, vineyards when you go there? We might possibly vineyards vi- that you have vi- chosen? Uh, not yet, but we may see some vineyards in Tuscany and certainly in Greece. Okay. 
Yeah, because I got the I did get the vineyards, kind of the grapes and everything that you're just going to fall in love with. There's going to be one in particular. I think. Are you able to have like wine named after you? I have a olive oil called De Carlo. It's not mine. It's but somebody in in um, Perugia, I think, makes a De Carlo olive oil. I would love to have a De Carlo wine. Other than, yeah. are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only DiCarlo wine I recall from my youth. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Stop picking on me. But, yeah, no, because I was just getting grapes and vineyards, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, he, he's going on, like, almost like a wine tour or something because that's that's kind of what was coming up in my head when I was when you were talking about that. I thought maybe you were going to say that you are going to get all these vineyards. You're absolutely right, because that's that's the road trip part of it. We're flying into Rome, and then we're driving up to visit friends in Tuscany, and they're in wine country. So we've got uh, like a two-hour drive each way through wine country, and then we'll be staying uh, in wine country there. And I believe there's vineyards on uh, the Greek island that we're going to as well. So it's going to be a it's a bacchanalian, bacchanalian summer. Hey, Anne, are, are you seeing something sort of that will touch his heart? Is like, is there something special in store for him at one of these de- destinations? Well, the, the reason why I ask is if he could have, you know, wine made, named after him or something. Because they keep kind of showing me a specific bottle of wine, and it has a label, and it's just kind of like almost like his face. I don't even know what he looks like, but it just kind of like makes me feel like this is going to be like something personal for him. So. That's cool. why I was asking. I was asking about that. I don't know if it's for sure or not. I mean, you know, I, it, this is all just kind of symbols coming through for me. But I feel like there might be something special that you know. I don't know if you're going to have an opportunity to create your own wine somehow, or or. But this shows me a, a specific bottle, and I feel like they're kind of making me feel like it's your face that's going to be on the bottle, or something to do with you personally on that bottle. Wow, that's great. Well, you know, one of the things I do like to do when we travel is take cooking classes in different regions because especially in Italy and Greece, every region, the Puglia region has different food than Tuscany, the different than Rome, different than Northern mm-hmm. Italy. And if you can find a good uh, chef or a good person that, that really can cook some regional food, it's a great way to take some of it back home with you. You know, you learn, mm-hmm. you learn whatever the, the specialty is of that area. And that's kind of making it like your own, but I would love a mm-hmm. wine. Uh, I, I who would buy a wine with my face on it though? That's the only question. <laughs> I would. If it was good, I would. <laughs> my, my face or the wine? And, <laughs> and what pose do you take? Do you take the serious uh, Zittner pose, or is it like a crazy hair on fire pose? <laughs> I've had four bottles of this wine. I'm crazy. <laughs> I guess I'll decide once I get there. But that's uh, well, yes. that's a Anya. That's a great uh, something to look forward to for us. That sounds cool. What else do you see? Are you what reading tarot cards or are you just getting images? I, well, I I laid out the cards and 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 the first card is the King of Pentacles, and then on this card has the vineyard, and you mm-hmm. holding the pentacles with uh, which is money in 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 um and and material kind of value, uh, and it shows vineyards and royalty behind you with with this card and that was the very first card out but also i was being shown vineyards and i was being shown in my head 
um, the bottle of wine, and I kind of feel as if it was like something personal for you, and that's what was happening here. And it does show you are going to love this trip. Um, you know what? It could be celebration going on here. Yeah, we're we're going to be in Greece for a week with a woman that calls herself, or I call her, and she hasn't complained yet, the Queen of Greece. So maybe that's the royalty that you're seeing. <laughs> maybe they're going to treat you like royalty. That would even be better. <laughs> yes, wouldn't that be better? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like you Game are going to enjoy this. I'm going to have my own. something coming up here for you. Yeah. What? All right, you've great. What else? Of, yeah, you've got the Ten of Cups, which shows that, you know, and you're going with your wife, right? Uh, Yes. Okay, good, because it shows the Ten of Cups here with the Queen of Cups, and that shows me that she's going to love this just as much as you, if not. And it will probably even be a nice little rekindling in your relationship there, so you might want to make sure you have some wine, you know, and, you know, when you go back to your hotel room. So Yeah, she's got to be pretty but... hammered to get on with me. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I've come to, that's, I've accepted that. That's just the thing. I don't, you know, she's got she's got her standards. Who am I to complain? But yeah, uh, a lot of wine goes a little way. Yeah. <laughs> the one and only Ane joins us with a reading for our very own Mark DiCarlo awesome, as he gets Thanks. ready for his summer sojourn. Right, and I'll be I'll be uh, blogging and taking pictures and doing some videos the whole way, and we can talk about it on the show. I'm looking forward to it. It's just the whole trip just kind of. Uh, fell into our laps. We weren't even planning it, but a bunch of friends are going to be over there uh, at this particular time, and we're just going to go boom, 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 place to place to place. So it's kind of, I feel like the universe told us we need to take this trip this summer, so we're taking it. Ane, thank you so very much. Let's remind everybody where your website is and what you're going to be up to next. Uh, my website is ane.org, and I will be uh, coming back to Tucson soon. So uh, that's where I'll be. O right N now I'm currently in Wisconsin. O-N-A-E dot org is your website. Ane, thank you so much. Thank you, Jen, and it was nice meeting you, Mark. Ditto, Anya. Thank you for the insight. I will make sure to be on the lookout for that, and if I do end up with a wine with my picture on it, I'll bring a bottle back for you. Yay! Good. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. Make sure you never miss a hilariously delicious episode of A Fork on the Road by subscribing at fbpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jennifer English is FlavorBank on Twitter and hashtag FlavorBank on Instagram. I'm at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram, where I post all the funny things I see in my travels, including cranky tourists. Well, I tried them all and it might sound weird, but my favorite drug is a nice cold beer. Bear, 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 we love bear. We're about to meet a man who subsisted on a diet of nothing but beer for the holy period of Lent. Welcome to the show, Del Hall. Hey, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, we're, uh, we're just having a good old time here on a fork on the road. So let's set this up. Uh, how much uh, you've been working at uh, the uh, 50 West Beer Company for how long? So I've been there for a couple of years. Uh, before that, I was a craft beer distributor. I sold a lot of different brands of beer. So I've been uh, in the beer game about eight years now. Okay. And uh, at, at your fattest recently, 
how and, and let, let me let me uh, uh yeah. break this in. when i was in high school i weighed 250 pounds i was a fat ass and i tried all kinds of different diets and the only thing that worked for me at the time was i stopped having dinner and i'd have a small lunch and a small breakfast and i would run with the girls track team after school and i lost <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story because i literally woke up one day and said you know what I'm so fat, I'm never going to get laid my entire life. And that was the motivation. That sounds, like, a, that sounds like an amazing plan. That's, that's right? It. And I had a lot of girls on the team that were friends of mine, and, and I lost 70 pounds from Christmas to uh, uh, April, or uh, to my wow. birthday of that year. So I was highly motivated and lost a bunch of weight, and it worked for me. I, you know, obviously I was 16 or 17 or 18, whatever, so it's a much easier to lose weight when you're younger. You're in your you're in your forties, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And at your fattest before you started this, what did you weigh? Two ninety two point five. Wow. See, that's I, how I'm, I'm a little bit over six foot two. First okay. of all, I can't believe you asked that question. That is like, wow. I we're, love we're this dudes. guy. We're dudes. no, we're dudes. What, I mean, we just yeah. talk about this stuff. Which, by yeah. the way, can I can I say something about the caller that or your guest just before me? Yes. I find it hard to believe that she doesn't know what Mark DiCarlo looks like. <laughs> I mean, look, Mark's been, in show, Mark's been in show business for over 20 years. I know. Uh, how can she not know what he looks like? I know, Dell. You know what the thing is? There are so many people who are in the who are like really empathic or they're in the world of metaphysics. They don't watch any television. They don't want they don't consume any media. Like it's amazing to me how many people I meet that just they're like it's like they're on a different planet well i i believed everything that she said except for that <laughs> <laughs> i like you already Del. <laughs> so that's awesome your, at your fattest yeah. and believe me when i was fat you 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 do all these tricks in your head you know oh the blue shirt makes me look skinny uh these white pants make me look svelte uh, uh my pants used to wear out on the inside of my thighs Right below my crotch because my thighs would rub together. That's where my yeah. pants. Were. That's how fat I. Am. So well, Mark, Mark, well, you, Mark, you do know that I'm wearing white pants and a blue shirt today. <laughs> Never looked thinner. Let's put it this way: when it, when when I was when I was over two ninety, and I spent I spent a hundred dollars on one of those untucked shirts, and it still yeah. didn't make me look thin. <laughs> All right. So you wake up one day. You you uh, uh, Lent is preceded, of course, the day before by Mardi Gras. Which is also called Fat Pants Tuesday. <laughs> what did you do on Mardi Gras? Did you did you rip it up, Del? So I a little bit. So I have a tradition on on Mardi Gras to uh, to that's basically the only day, even even though I was very obese, um, that I would only have donuts because I feel I mean like a, a rational person just shouldn't have donuts any other day besides Fat Tuesday. So uh, I, I did indulge. I had some donuts and then I went to a, a traditional like uh, New Orleans themed restaurant and had like a po' boy uh, for lunch. Uh, and then at dinner, I was working. So I was out at a bar, um, you know, just kind of like, you know, promoting uh, 50 West Brewing Company and, and talking about beer and things like that. And just like had some hot wings and things, you know, just normal bar food. Okay. So you didn't go crazy on Mardi Gras, but, you know, you, 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 you I definitely overindulged. Okay. All right. So then when did this idea of subsisting solely on beer Pop into your brain. So, so look, when you when you get into beer and you're you start selling beer, you always hear the story 
uh, of the monks in the 1600s back in, in Bavaria in Germany that they came up with a special style of beer called Doppelbach. And the reason they came up with it was to, to make them uh, you know, sustain food through Lent because they would give up all solid foods. Uh, so they would they oh. this beer they called liquid bread. So I've known about this for years and years being in the beer world, but I never knew if it was real, if it was fact or fiction. So about six months before Lent, I decided, you know, I'm going I'm to myth bust that this year. Like I'm going to give it a whirl and see if it was uh, if it was something that could actually be done to get closer to Jesus. Uh, no, um, it, it was it was basically just as a challenge, just to see if that oh, okay. if that if that story was BS or not. No, you know, Dell, you... I Dell, I completely get it. And you know what I love? I love that you wanted to dive deep in this because mm-hmm. because the history and the tradition of the monks giving up other food and then yep. enriching the 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 brews that they were making. Yep. I love that idea. Yeah, and that's basically I mean, I'm a student of beer, right? I'm not what's known as a beer geek. I mean, you know, beer pays my mortgage and I, I sell beer, but it's also my passion in life. So I definitely wanted to, you know, is that I just wanted to debunk it, you know, and uh, and I, I I did it this year, and I not only is it you know, is it possible to do? It's actually probable. They 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 probably did this. So did you think you'd lose weight doing it? I just from a yeah. thinking point of view, did you really? I absolutely. I mean, I was uh, okay. So I, I've known I was going to do this for six months, right? So. Over the holidays, when you say, like, you know what, I've had enough. I don't need to, like, you know, keep eating. I don't want to put on any weight. I really didn't care. Uh, I, you know, I, I really went, you know, full bore into the holiday season and, uh, you know, and, and ate whatever I wanted and indulged in all the holiday food, and I packed on a few pounds. So I knew that I was going to probably lose some weight, uh, but I didn't think I was going to lose as much as I did. Can I ask a question? Did you because ch- we will make the assumption that if all you did was drink beer and you lost all this weight, that it must have been the drinking of the beer and the giving up of like hard, you know, like like solid foods that did this. Right. Did you do anything else? Did you walk more? Did you no. did you join Peloton? No, in fact, nope. In fact, I think I, I walked uh, less just because, you know, my doctor and then my doctor's husband is a pharmacist and um, and we're we're really good friends. And he was saying, you know, like, Dell, you got to understand that, like, when the monks did this, you know, back then, they lived a very sedentary lifestyle. They lived a monk lifestyle. So they sat around and prayed all day. He's like, you're in a modern-day world. You're going to be, you know, running around. You're going to be going to bars and restaurants. You're going to be out talking and doing speeches and things like that. I'm talking about beer. It's going to be completely different for you. So I, I, I made sure that I didn't, you know, uh, you know. I wasn't going to run any marathons or I wasn't going to, you know, um, I wasn't going to do a lot of walking on a, on a daily basis. Um, so I didn't do any kind of what you would consider exercise. Okay. Well, let's, what, let's talk about the first week. I mean, um, obviously, was there a shock to your system? How it, many beers did you drink in a first, day? Did you vary the beers? That first week was horrible. So <laughs> I mean, it, it really was. I mean, like, it's like you got you, caught drinking when you were 15, and your dad said, oh, you want to drink? You're going to drink nothing but beer in front of me yeah, until it, you pass out. Well, you know, the biggest part of it was just that we're such creatures of habit, right? So I mean, if you're mm-hmm. sitting around watching TV, you're, you, you, you're probably snacking on something. And, and, and when you're driving around and you feel, like, a little hungry, you probably pull off to find a lunch spot. All those things, you know, if you're you're going on a date and you're saying, hey, I'm kind of like, what do you want to do tonight? It's, hey, let's go check out this new restaurant. There's so many things that, that revolve around food. And taking all that out of the equation, I found myself, like, 
not only just hungry, but I found myself bored. Like, wow, I got all this extra time on my hands. Oh, interesting. What was the food you found you missed the most? Did your body have cravings that were unnatural? Not really. Um, if uh, it, it sounds weird from a guy that lives in Ohio, but I probably have sushi like once a week. Yeah, it's like the perfect food, right? So um, I found myself really craving sushi a lot. Uh, and then, you know, just being a Midwestern guy, you know, uh, you know, wings and steaks and stuff like that. Uh, I absolutely had cravings for those. And, of course, I said that, and I teed it up like a softball for Mark DiCarlo. And he, to show his restraint, he just left it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, if, could you drive by a Skyline Chili store without getting the twitches? Taking away my digestive system and not eating, not chewing, so taking away taste. My other senses went crazy, and the first one I really noticed was my sense of smell. So mm. basically anywhere you go in Cincinnati, Ohio, whether you know it or not, you're smelling Skyline Chili. Yeah, exactly. Did you have the same beer at every meal? Did you go to, like, one flavor, or did you vary it up no. saying I'm going to have all different I, kinds? I varied it just because I wouldn't eat the same thing on a daily basis, so I didn't want to drink the same thing. Um, you know, if I if – I, I, I'm basically sacrificing all solid food, and, and the only thing to keep it interesting was being able to drink different styles of beer and different flavors of beer. So I, I tried, you know, I drank, I drank everything from sour beer and fruit flavored beers to really dark, uh, you know, chocolate stouts and things like that. Um, what was your best bec- breakfast beer? How would you go through the day? Oh, you know, what's so your I mean, beer, most, of, so beer? most of the time I. I intermittent fast anyway, so um, I, I don't normally have breakfast. I would normally, you know, have my first meal a day around one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon anyway. So I'm, I'm not a big breakfast guy, but I did find myself um, sometimes during my my travels. Uh, you know, I'm going to be at a beer conference or like a beer festival, and you would typically drink more like in the in you know in the morning. So I would always, you know, there's there's a style of beer called a breakfast stout. And this is a, a really big, hearty style, normally a lot of alcohol, but normally they brew that with coffee. Uh, so you'd get, oh. you know, like a lot of those, those, those flavors you would have in the morning. One of the things that, Mark, one of the things I'm really interested in, um, in this experience is, did you begin after a few days to pay attention to the fact, like if you drank coffee all day long, you just have way too much caffeine. Did you pay attention to the alcohol by volume or the proof of the beers that you were consuming? Did you? I, I, I absolutely did. So, cause one of the, one of the things you have to think about is that, so alcohol is a sugar, right? So the more alcohol content in a beer, normally the sweeter that beer is going to be, uh, also means it's going to have more calories. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was getting, you know, enough calories to survive and that I wasn't going to get a lot of backlash from, like, you know, people saying, hey, you're going to die because you're not eating. Um, you know, I've kind of studied fasting a lot, and I, and I knew that I had enough body fat on me. I could probably drink water and survive, but I did want to make sure that I drank enough calories that it wouldn't cause me any physical harm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. But I was still, I mean, I was in a caloric deficit. I mean, even even the, the biggest days, I mean, I might have had 1,500 calories uh, on, on those days. That first week, I was losing a couple pounds a day. Wow. I've done the, um, the cleanse, the master cleanse before, where yep. all you drink is the lemon juice with the cayenne pepper and maple syrup. That's yep. it. And I find after the first two or three days, like, I don't miss the actual eating part. You know, you yep. feel kind of light and lean, and, uh, and did you go exactly through the same thing with me. the beer? Absolutely. So that first week after, like, you know, the, the, 
the, the habits um, of eating and, and kind of being bored. And then basically the hunger, I, I found out that hunger really isn't in your stomach. So true hunger really is in like a tightening in your throat. And it's kind of a, a, a thirst that never gets quenched. Uh, it, and, and kind of like as a survival technique that your body goes through that. I found that once that first week was kind of over, and this was like six or seven days in, that all that left, and I really wasn't hungry anymore. The only time I would get hungry was if I were around, you know, food in some some manner. Maybe, you know, I, I had to work at a bar, and I smelled their wings, or I smelled something that, that triggered something. But on a day-to-day basis, I wasn't like just, you know, walking around just, man, you know, I'm, I'm so hungry. I just, I have to eat. I'm so hungry. Do you live in a place where you can get around in public transportation? Or like, how did you deal with the <laughs> fact that for 40 days you were essentially tipsy? Well, see, that I, that I wasn't. So, you know, I stayed hydrated. So, you know, I, I was very cognizant of the fact of how much alcohol I was taking in because the only way that I thought I would end up harming myself is if I got dehydrated. So I was drinking a lot of water. I was drinking at least a gallon a day. And then when I drank you know, uh, I would have my first beer like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. I probably wouldn't have another one until four or five o'clock. And then if I had to drink for an event or anything like that, I Ubered everywhere. So, you know, that's one thing working for a brewery, you know, my Ubers are on my expense account. So it's something I don't have to worry about expense wise. Wow. And, and so you would treat each beer like a meal. Would you have two beers per meal? Or every, it was, sure. Every now and then. I mean, it's just whatever it's you want. How I felt. Yeah, I, I basically did whatever I wanted. On average, I would say I averaged three beers a day. So, you know, there were a few days that I only had one beer all day long because that's all I really felt like. And then there were some days I had seven or eight beers because I was in Denver, Colorado at a beer festival. One and, beer for a whole day? That's crazy. Yeah. You didn't ask how big the bucket was. <laughs> it was one right. beer. It was one big beer. Hey, I drank um, it out of a kiddie pool. Are you a coffee drinker? And what did you do about I, your caffeine intake? I am. So, uh, you know, I made the rules to this up. So my rules were I was not going to take any, any calories in my body except for beer. Um, I could still have, you know, water, unsweetened tea, uh, black coffee, and, and those are the beverages that I could have. So, you know, I'm normally like a two-coffee-a-day guy. I mean like a large coffee, like two large 20-ounce coffees. Um, about a week into it, I found that I would drink probably six ounces of coffee and get the jitters. Wow. Sure. Your so my tolerance for caffeine went way down. So there was, the, you know, probably the last two weeks, um, I, didn't even have, I didn't have any coffee at all. We will be right back with more Jennifer English and myself, Mark DiCarlo, on a fork on the road. We're learning all about beer. And health with Del Hall from 50 West Brewery in Cincinnati, Ohio. Stick around. Make sure you never miss a hilariously delicious episode of A Fork on the Road by subscribing at fbpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Jennifer English is FlavorBank on Twitter and hashtag FlavorBank on Instagram. I'm at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram, where I post all the funny things I see in my travels, including cranky tourists. Welcome back to A Fork on the Road. I'm your travel guru, Mark DiCarlo. She is James Beard, award-winning journalist Jennifer English. And we're Hello. talking to Del Hall, uh, who survived on nothing but beer for 40 days and sounds uh, healthier, wealthier, and wiser for it. What was your social life like during this? Uh, uh, are you married? Are you single? He's what, like, what I met a cop. <laughs> yeah. 
so I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm single. I've been divorced for a long time now, but um, I, I date. And I thought, I know that's kind of like the, the hardest part was like going on dates and, and, you know, being that weird guy that if it was, if it was a first date uh, from like Tinder or something that, you know, like you're a weird guy that's not eating. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I, mean, I, I have a very social job and, and working for a brewery, I have to socialize. So I probably go out five, six days a week. And uh, it, it was, it was kind of tough to, to be around that kind of temptation and, and not indulge. What do the girls say when you're sitting across the table? And I'm sure you, you know, they're having dinner and you have to tell them the story, right? So I set them, I set them up, right? I told, I, before I went out with anyone, I told them what I was doing and, 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 you know, and for the most part, everyone's really respectful. They're just like, wow, that's super cool. Like, you know, um, I'll eat before we meet and uh, let's just get together for some drinks. And I, that's perfect. What was your perfect mix of beers? I think it was just, I was so concerned about just having enough calories on a, on a daily basis. Uh, that it was uh, it was the stout it was the darker stuff um, and it was also they're super flavorful nowadays we we call them pastry stouts uh, because they have all these adjuncts in them so you know it's not an, it's not like you just have a normal like a Guinness any anymore you have these stouts that have vanilla and coconut and maple syrup and thing and you know chocolate and cacao nib inside the beer so I found myself going for those a lot because they're also very filling. So they're very viscous, um, you know, so the, the viscosity is, is, a, is a lot. And, and I felt like I got uh, kind of like a little sustenance in my, a little uh, filler in my belly. Almost like you're drinking a milkshake or something. Absolutely, right? I mean, people kept saying like, oh, you're on no solid foods. Does that mean you're drinking protein shakes or like, <laughs> no, no calories except for beer. But some of those stouts that I'm drinking are, are as thick like a shake. How did you survive without protein for a month? So your your body is, is an amazing thing, right? I mean, uh, your you. your body is known to, <laughs> to go through periods of, of feasting and, and famine. So you know, as when we were involved as hunter gatherers, we went for days and sometimes weeks without eating. So as long as you have the body fat, your body's going to always utilize the body fat before it goes after protein in your muscles. I know you're not advocating other people do this as a weight loss plan. So you've been off of And you're not a doctor and you're not going to give medical no. advice. <laughs> no, no, not 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 at all. Gotcha. And all the other things we have to say so the station doesn't get sued. How long have you been off the diet now and and what happened with your weight since you've been off? It's been a month now, right? As of today. I've put on 8 pounds. So I lost 44 pounds uh, over the 46 days of Lent. And now I think I've normalized. I've, I've lost. Or I put on eight pounds, and I thought I was. I would put on somewhere between five to ten, eating a normal diet. But I haven't really been eating a normal, what you would say, a normal diet. Um, I figured I would take this as an opportunity to almost do like an uh, the back, like a backwards elimination diet, where you know people would always like try to find out if there's an allergen in their system, so they would absolutely mm-hmm. you know just uh, re- remove that. I've been slowly adding things back to my diet to see how it affects me. So, you know, one day I chose, I, you know, I, I brought back in gluten. And then I brought back in uh, dairy products and lactose. And then I brought back in, um, you know, uh, seafood. I brought back, you know, um, so I, I was just doing like, you know, like, um, like nitrates uh, one day. And, and uh, so I've been using that kind of like as an experiment and uh, to see how, how different foods affect me. So the, the worst that I felt 
was when I included, I brought back soda, right? Like I, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to oh. drink soda. I'm going to bring drink soda one day. And I'm not just going to drink like high fructose corn syrup. I'm just going to, you know, like a, like naturally sugar, you know, uh, you know, root beer and things like that. And I found myself just at the end of the day, like dying of thirst. Mm-hmm. It made me so thirsty to drink sugary drinks again. Yeah, wow. they're, they're, they're not good for you. I got a message from Mike Malazzi from Borderlands Brewing, and he's confirming that, yeah, beer fasting is, in fact, a thing. And at the breweries here in southern Arizona, they see this uh, frequently. I don't think they all go for 40 days of Lent, but what's, right. the, what's the normal? Did you do any research on, on what would, like, be the optimal version of days of this? Like, No, but I think that – so what I, what I want to do now that I'm, I've acclimated back into the eating world – and and you know is I'm going to start the using, eating world. Right, it sounds weird to even say, but I want to start um, you know just keeping beer in in um, in the context of not necessarily a health food, but it's definitely healthier than a lot of the standard American diet and a lot of the fast food options and processed foods that we use. So uh, I'm going to actually like continue to fast, and I'm going to start doing some shorter fasts. You know. Uh, 48 hours, 72 hours, uh, maybe five days, and and continuing to drink beer and see what works best for me. That's that's the thing, right? So if you think about the standard American diet and the kind of processed foods that we all eat on a daily basis, um, craft brews, basically, you know, um, they're not necessarily organic, so we don't use all organic, but they're as close to, like, farm-to-table as some of the best, you know, restaurants in the country. So we use all-natural ingredients. We don't use anything artificial. Um, it's made in an artisan way on a small batch, you know, um, level. So, and I, you know, I think when you look at that compared to something that's highly processed, uh, I, it has to be healthier for you. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the last time uh, we went to Europe in September, we ate all day long. We ate, you know, and ate whatever we wanted all day long, fruits, meats, everything, and actually lost weight on the trip because, A, you're walking everywhere, yep. but I think more importantly, B, there's no processed foods over there, uh, right. or there and, aren't and as much. I mean, you walk up and you know you pull every everything is an open air market and the farm to table. It's been there maybe a day at the most, and I think that's so much healthier than uh, you know going down the brightly colored aisles in the grocery store. Right, and and, and you know you you want to to you know. To, to think about, you know, quality over quantity, where it seems like, you know, everything is like supersized and, and just large quantities of food in Europe. Uh, you get everything on a small basis, but it's the highest yeah. quality food you can possibly get. And it really satiates you, right? I mean, you, you taste mm-hmm. that. It, 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 you're, you're, it, everything from your, your palate to your gut feels that that's a high quality food. And you don't feel like you have to have more of it. Where when we eat these empty calories here in America, it feels like, you know, your stretch receptors uh, aren't even firing in your stomach and your gut says, hey, feed me more, even though you've, you've given it uh, twice the, the amount of calories it needed. But because it's such poor quality food, it doesn't register in your system. Hey, Dale, did this right, make your sales go up? Uh, slightly. It, it has, didn't, you know, uh, we, we only sell our beer in two, two states right now. Um, so it's, it's not a, you know, like I got national and international publicity out of this. Uh, but unfortunately, unless you're in, you know, Ohio or Kentucky, you're, you're not going to be able to buy my beer. Gotcha. Hey, listen, thanks an awful lot for being here.
Yeah, yeah. it was great meeting you, Dell, and, and uh, a really great story. And I, I wish you continued success with your health and uh, with your business. And uh, what a great fun. Are you going to do it next Lent? I hope to not have enough body fat on me next Lent to do this. But if I do, I, I probably will do it again. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us on A Fork on the Road. That's Del Hall from uh, 50 West Brewing. She is Jennifer English, the James Beard Award-winning foodie journalist. And I'm Mark DeCarlo, your travel guru. What would you think about today's show, Jennifer? This was so fun, but I'm not giving up food for beer, although, you know, <laughs> I thought about it for a minute. Thanks for listening. She's Jennifer English at Flavor Bank, and I'm at Mark DeCarlo TV on Instagram. We'll be back next week with another deep dive into travel, food, and funny. Until then, I'll see you at a fork on the road. Baby, baby, I want you to know how much I love you, how far I go, just to get with you, just to get near my sweet, sweet goddess of love.